Okay, so if you've been around, thank you for the first slide, please. If you've been around Kirkpatrick for some time, you'll see these three phrases when they come up. Giving life away, being a disciple, and our front lines. We're going to break into the Deuteronomy uh, readings, the session on Deuteronomy, just to talk about, well, I don't like to use the word evangelism because it frightens people, so giving life away, it's the same thing, where we come and we, we just share Jesus with people. So what we're going to try and do and drop into that. However, it's, it's part of being a disciple. Jesus' disciples, who were with him every day, we're talking to him, learning from him, hearing the stories, watching what he was doing. And then he sent on at least two occasions in the Gospels, he sent them out. He says, right, what you've got, what I've given you, go and take it to others. So off they went. And so you and I, um, we don't have the advantage of leaving our jobs and becoming fishermen. Um, but we work on these front lines. Um, that's where you and I have most of our life. It could be where we work. A lot of hours we spend there, if we're, if we're fortunate enough to do that. It's domestically, where we live. It's our neighborhood. It's our gathering of people, this front line that you and I are on. For me, it's a college. For you, maybe it's an office. It's wherever it is. That's what we're thinking. And to be honest, that's where we interact with people. Those are our front lines. And I say this. You can reach people that no one else can. I can reach students and members of staff that maybe nobody else can because I'm there. And I want to encourage you in your front line. And um, I would have to say this. This church does not exist for you to support it. This church, us as a congregation, exists to support you in your front line. And so what I want to do is, um, there's a couple of three words coming up. Uh, one is about facil- equipping, facilitating, and encouraging and my hope and prayer is that every time you come here on a Sunday morning, one of those three things happens. As well as gathering together to worship together, to pray, to enjoy each other's company and community, we hope to equip each other, facilitate, and encourage each other in these front lines that we live in. I'm going to concentrate firstly on the facility. What are we trying to do as a church to facilitate you reaching out to others? Now, I said this two or three weeks ago. I'm going to repeat Christianity Explored. So let's have the next slide. Thank you. Christianity Explored is a six-week course. And it's going to start up. It comes on Tuesday, the 17th of October, 2017. It's definitely going to come up there. Well, it's definitely going to happen whether it does come up there or not. Okay. So it's the 17th of October. And it's for four weeks. 8 p.m. here in Kirkpatrick somewhere. Probably not here, somewhere uh, out in the halls or somewhere there. And we're going to gather together. And as you know, that's a seven consecutive weeks, uh, except for a little break at half term. When we get together and we meet, and I want to tell you what happens with those. Because if you're going to encourage people to come, you might as well know what we do. Well, as you can see, we have tea and biscuits and buns and someone in this congregation last week offered to make cakes. And she asked me, would you want me to make a cake? <laughs> what a stupid question. So I yes, absolutely. I'm sure you can make one for the Christian Explorer case as well. No, no, just one cake. So, so those cakes are going to be there. There's a good reason for being there. Then after that, we have a little introductory talk about what we're going to talk about. We go through the Gospel of Mark. Then we have a video, five, ten minutes, where some points are brought forward. And then we break into groups. And those are great. And in the groups you just are lumped in with, we don't know each other, you get certain groups, there's certain leaders, and we just talk. Sometimes we, we're supposed to talk about what we've read and what we watch in the video, 
But very quickly, people get to know each other and let our guards down and start to ask the questions that are really on their hearts. Um, we don't always have the answers. We might stumble at an answer. I think this is what it says. Well, we have this, and do you know, after six or seven, after two or three weeks, there's this relationship that starts to grow, and people open, and we're being honest, and we be honest back. And listen, it's great. If you're sitting there and you haven't been to one, and you want to come, please come. I notice there are names filling up the sheet. It's great. Get on that sheet or let us know and come down on Tuesday the seventeenth. You're very welcome. I want you as a church to have confidence in that. And I always say we try to make it as cringe-free as possible. There's nothing worse than inviting your friend to something and they come back and you say, how did it go? Well, it was a bit weird. It was a bit cringy. The Christians are a bit... You know what I mean. So we're not going to try and do that. It's going to be cringe-free. And every autumn we're going to try and do this. And this is part of what we're facilitating. Our hope is... Every autumn, come about this time, you know, this happened, this talk might happen to encourage us, not be me, to go out and reach people. Ask them to come to Christianity Explored, to envisage us and to encourage us. And so what we're hoping to do is run Christianity Explored every autumn from now, as goes say, until the Lord comes back. Let's just, every autumn for quite a few years. And perhaps, perhaps maybe get enough people in our team a big enough team so we don't have to do it all the time and have one in spring. And the idea here, guys, is to have something that's always happening here in church so when you're talking to people, you've got something to invite them to. Because I know conversations happen, you talk about Jesus, your life, and then it comes a stage where it's very hard to talk about formally about Jesus and you're not going to bring the Bible out and start, well, maybe you do, but you know, usually we don't. That gives you the opportunity to plug in to something we will run cringe-free here and you're going to help run it as teams to come and do that and for people to see that. So maybe, certainly autumn, maybe in spring. And the next thing I need then is people to come. I'm going to look very silly eating the cake on my own, okay? If people don't come, I'm going to encourage you to ask people. And we're also going to need people to join us who, well, might want to do some group work. Maybe come and help. We need people to pray. Great encouragement when you're talking to people and it's all out there that you know there's a group of them in the church or wherever they are and they're praying for Christianity Explored. So if that's you and you want to do that, please come. Tuesday, two weeks, 3rd of October, we'll have an information night and we'll have a night whenever we'll just talk about what we do and some training will happen. And if you feel you could be part of a helper in a team, in a team, obviously something to contribute and maybe someday eventually lead a team as we expand our team so that we can do this more than once a year, um, maybe twice a year. So that's our plan. I want you to be encouraged and I want you to have confidence in what we're doing. And then, next slide... In January, sometime, towards the end of January, we're going to run Life Explored. Uh, I don't think you've got to do a spacewalk, but that's part of their publicity for it. Life Explored is from the same stable, but it's a different type of course. It's a course that, well, I suppose it's for people who, I don't like to say, they're further away from God. They're further away from church. Maybe they've never been to church. Maybe they've never read the Bible, they've never heard anything about Jesus. And this is a course that um, we're going to run in January, as I say. And it's a course for people who are maybe not ready for Christianity Explored. I don't want to make a call on that, okay? So that's what we're hoping to do. Um, it's like, um, okay, I, I was talking to a guy, a student this week. 
And it's great, we get talking and sometimes and we're talking about things. And they know I'm a Christian. And he said to me, I was at church. I went to church once. And this is, this is the course just for this guy, because this is what he said. I went to church once. I said, well, what was it like? Fingers crossed, you never know. He says, it was, it was weird. Went along and, like, it was an old building. John can't do it the way he did. It was like, it was an old building and, uh, it smelled like an old building. But the people were really friendly and, uh, and I sat in these hard seats. I'm going, right. And what happened? Well, this guy, he, he was there and he had the collar back to front. And I know he knew that, okay? But he was just, yeah, collar back to front and he was wearing, uh, you want to tell me it was a dress. No, he was wearing this, uh, whatever. And he was getting, and he was taught, I didn't really understand it. And then they put the words up. And this is the best bit. Put the words up and they all got up and they started this, Christian karaoke. It was great. And it, I, well, yeah, it's funny how people look. So this is a course for this guy in, in, in college. Maybe not quite ready to start with the Gospel of Mark. Maybe he is. So we're going to try and run that. It is, just give my notes, seven consecutive weeks, except for a break at half term. And I want you to have confidence in it. Uh, we're looking at that at the, this at the moment. It's slightly different. It's out there a bit more. It's a bit more of a challenge. And we're going to try as a team to learn how to present this and see how we get on with that. So that's going to happen hopefully in uh, every winter. And maybe if we get enough every summer. Somewhere in July or May and July. May and June. So what we're trying to do here is if we all, if we get enough people to run a course, which is keep going, and you've always got some course coming up or running that you could say, why don't you come along to this course? So that's our strategy. Need people to become good team members. Um, okay, that's it. That's facilitating. Now, let me try to encourage us and equip us for our... I never like using the word evangelism, but let's just use it. Let's get over the word evangelism, where you and I reach out. Um, I must confess that I've... Next slide is, this is going to be, okay, very simple, the ABC of giving life away. I apologize if that seems very young. I am a new grandfather of 10 months, and I am in the building blocks, and if you don't like it, tough, okay? So there it is. I'm building blocks. I thought, let's do some of the ABC of giving life away of evangelism. And we're going to go through those three, and then we're done. That's me done. Right. A is for, wait for it, ask. There it is. Ask people what? Well, I don't know. They're your friends. You ask them whatever you think. So what do we ask people? It's engaging the people on our front lines. And we, I've got a couple of questions here. You say, uh, what do you think about such and such? And I don't know what's applicable to you uh, off the top of my head. Uh, what do you think about North Korea and America? No, don't ask them that. No, that's no, no. What do you think about something that's happened? Or what do you think about something that's happened in work? You know the questions. I'm just encouraging you to... Just ask people, because people, there's a great quote, people want to know and be known. All of us want people to know us. No matter how shy we are, we still have got our lives and we want to interact. And we go, you know, my life's important to me and I want to share it with you. So I'm going to encourage us to ask people questions. Oh, I don't know, what else have I got here? Uh, did you enjoy the, the rugby? Did you watch the rugby on Friday night? All-star, great win. You know, maybe they're not rugby supporters. Not you lose them there. Whatever they're interested in. So asking questions. What else have I got? Um, oh yes. What did you think about so many items? Brexit. Like there's so many. That's all political. What, do you know what they're interested in? Ask them questions. Take the courage in your hand 
and just ask. I used to ask a question, which is, what do you think? Okay, so I'm, I'm a thinky person. You know, it's all in here. Ask my wife. All thinking, and then I learned to ask another question. How does that make you feel? That opened up a whole new realm where people talked about emotions. I remember uh, talking to a colleague this week who's going into hospital, da, 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 da. And I would normally have said, well, well what's happening? I want to know the forensics of what's... And then I thought, well, Peter, ask, how, how do you feel about this? And she said... Do you know, I'm actually quite fearful about it. Um, I'm frightened that, do you know, it, it may not go well. And I had this purple spiritual moment when I said, well, I'll pray for you. And she looked at me and go, yeah, that would be nice. How do you feel about things? And we're asking people how to get into their, into their life. One of my favorite questions, okay, if you're stuck for a question is, when you sit with someone, you say, tell us your story. And stand back and encourage them to tell you the story. Um, way back, I was going to say when I was a professional Christian, when I was a full-time pastor in a church, okay, I used to, uh, I used to get to about Wednesday, and I was surrounded with Christians for all week, and I just, just, I'm allowed to say, do my head in. And I was talking to Christians, and I was being nice all the time, and I thought, i just got to get out of here. And so every Wednesday afternoon, I would have gone out looking for people to walk about and talk to. I was going to say normal people, don't get me wrong, okay? People who weren't in the church. So I'm talking, and then, and I used to go to the bus stop, and I would stand and wait to come to the bus or whatever, sometimes go to the park. You've got to be careful how you do that, by the way. But okay, so out in the open, I'm talking away to people. And this bus stop, and there's this old man, and he's standing there, he's sort of half sitting, and I thought, I'll go and talk to him. So I went up and uh, sat beside and we talked about the weather, the infrequency of buses, the usual stuff that you talk about in bus stops. And then I said, right, ah, try your line on him, Pete. And I said, um, you, you've, you've got must have a story, or story two of your life. Tell me your story. And he went, aye. And he started this amazing story. Which, and I can still, this is like 15 years ago. I remember many parts of it where he was in the war. He wasn't, he was about 13, 12, 13 in the war. He was dispatched off into the country. Had experiences out there he never had because he was in the city. Came back, got married, had kids. Told me they all worked in the shipyard and worked other places. And I got this fantastic story of people. He remembered as if it was yesterday. And then a bus would come along. And I go, well, there's your bus. He goes, ah, well, we'll get the next one, will we? Yes. Ah, yeah, sure, right, okay. So, next one, he goes, hurry on the story, tells me all about married life, and, and gets on, he's telling me about his, his kids, and that's grandchildren, and there's another bus, another bus comes along, and he looks at me as if to say, you get that bus? I'm like, yeah, we buses. So he goes on again, and he talks, and we got his whole story, about his wife, and she died two or three years ago. And we talked away about all of that, and I just listened. And he just sat and he was smiling all over his face. And then another bus came and I thought, four buses, okay. I thought, listen, to be honest, yet, um, I'm not actually getting a bus. I'm just here because I wanted to talk to you. And he said, that's funny because I'm not getting a bus either. I come here every week. I come here every week hoping to have someone to talk to. And he said, that's been great. Telling you, you my story. I says, maybe sometime we'll come down to the bus stop and I'll tell you mine. It's a lot shorter, but he says, yeah, that would be good. People want to be known and share their lives. I think what it said to him, or what we're trying to say to people is, I care about you. And I care about you because God cares about you. That's why I care. 
So, A is for ask. Ask them how they feel. Ask them what they think. Ask them to go to Christianity Explored. I did that this week. Okay, so I've been working with a colleague for a couple of years, and we've got a really good relationship, and I thought, right, Pete, ask him. And I went in on Monday, and I chickened out. And next day was Tuesday, and I went in and I saw him again, and I said, part of the conversation we're having, uh, scone, and I says, um, I was almost going to give you his name, I'll call right, Declan. Declan! I said, um, there's a thing at church. Um, and I'm sort of taking it a bit, and it's, I'm doing all this. And, <laughs> and I'm saying, it's, it's like, it's like a course we come for seven weeks, and we watch some videos, and we talk about Jesus and the Bible, and we ask questions, and, uh, I was wondering if you wanted to go, and I was about to, all the reasons I was thinking why he couldn't go. And he said, um, yeah, okay. Hey, you could have knocked me down with a feller. I almost was going to say, did you hear me? No, let me give you all the reasons why you shouldn't go. I said, oh, oh right, um, I'll get you a flyer. And I got him a flyer, and he said, that's great. Um, well, I'll bring briskets. <laughs> I said, no, 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 how much does it cost? No, it's free. And he said, so, Declan's coming. And Declan's very different from Peter. The wee prod from East Belfast, and Declan, as you can see, is not. And I'm looking forward to that mix. He's going to be in Richie's group, and I'm going to look forward to that group, okay? So Declan's coming, because I asked him. Great. A is for ask. And Jesus does that with the woman at the well. He asks her for a drink. He asks her about her husband. He asks her questions. And there's this toing and froing of questions of talking to each other. Simply because Jesus asked. It's great. Okay. What's next? B. B is for... Bring. Big words. Okay, we've got with this so far. B is for bring. What does that mean? Bring people into your life. Bring people into your, what you do. This life that you live. Your story. You've got a story. Bring them into your story. Bring them to your house. For a meal. If you can cook. Bring them, even if you can't cook. No, bring them into your house for, for a meal. Bring them to your favorite coffee shop. Bring them to the rugby. Bring them to wherever you live. Your front line, your friends, your family, whatever. Bring them in. Because um, I'm interested, I think it's going to become harder and harder to be a Christian in the public place. I'm sure we're all experiencing that. Becoming more and more secular, and we are more and more marginalized as just strange weirdos. That's okay for your church, but you're not allowed to take it out. Can I just counter that and say, in a world where tolerance is king, you have as much right to share your life as anybody else have. So bring them into your life. Bring them into what you think, how you feel. Bring them into, bring them into the, uh, how to put this? The things that don't go so well. Your disappointments. Your failures, however we clarify that or quantify that. Bring them into the things that don't go so well. Because that's great. Because then they realize you have struggles. Like I have struggles. So if you're bringing up teenage kids and you're pulling your hair out, bring them into that whole situation and say, you know, I struggle and there's things, and they, yeah, maybe I can help you and... Bring them into every part of your life and let them show them that we are not weird. 
that we're actually okay. Bring them in, ask them questions, and bring them to all sorts of events. You could bring them to Christian Explored, of course. There's another plug for it. Okay, Bring them to Christian Explored. Bring them into struggles, your disappointments, and build bridges with them. Now I'm an engineer, and there always has to be an engineering analogy, so here it comes, okay? What we're doing is we're building bridges between ourselves and the people on our front line. There they go. Sometimes they're not great, they're very rickety, and they're very now. I'm thinking of um, I'm thinking of the corn market preacher, okay? And the corn market preacher's there, and he's yelling out to people, you need to be saved, you're sinners. Now, the pro- it's true. It's just, the problem with it is, there's no relationship bridge, and driving a big heavy truck across a rickety bridge, and the bridge falls down. That's what happens in corn market, I suggest, almost every week. The opposite is true of us, but... The opposite is true is where you and I have got relationships, and they're good, sturdy bridges. Members of your family, and you've been through life... You've been working with the same colleagues for 2, 3, 4, 10, 15 years. And there are relationships there. And sometimes, here's the challenge, and I'm the same, sometimes we don't drive much across those bridges of relationship. We toddle across on a wee bike whenever the big things can be driven across. Like, I've known you for so many years and I've always wondered, what do you think of Jesus? Now, that's not applicable if you've just met the person. But if they know that you go to church and you live trying according to Jesus' teachings and what he does and you're a disciple, fair enough. Maybe you want to drive that across. The problem with bridges is, of course, they drive things back again. Okay, And this is what sometimes happens in Christianity, which is great. And be prepared for things to come driven back at you with big questions. And that's good. You've built this relationship and drive across backwards and forwards suitable weighted traffic with an idea of continually building that bridge so that it can be honest with people because people want to know and be known. People want to know us and know themselves and be known themselves. I want to encourage you to do that. So, right. I was thinking about this and I was obviously saying, okay, this is good, Pete, ask and bring. And I was thinking, does it really work? And I'm going, yeah, it does. However, you know, uh, give me an example, Lord, that I can share with you. So I was going to give you an example of something that happened in Africa when I was there and blah, blah, blah. And then Thursday morning happened. This is great, okay? Thursday morning happens, of course. It's the first week of term. Uh, timetables are a bit up and down, so I had four students. And the rest of the class were missing. There was a bit of miscommunication. Well, my fault. It wasn't theirs, but they were there. There's four nicest guys. There's no sense me um, starting anything because we'll have to repeat it next week and then it'll be boring. So we'll just take the next hour and just do whatever you like to do and I'll get some ordered here. And then uh, I was going to say God said to me, a voice in my head said, ask him a question. And I went, oh, no, I mean, put it into practice when I'm preaching? No, it's a way. So I asked him a question. So I said, guys, and they're, uh, I teach adults 19, 20, 21, 22. They're a lot of age group. And I said, guys, what's it like being... 19, 20, 21, 22 in your world stood back. And then it was brilliant. Oh, it's this. So I'm going to drop into so the way they talk. It's, oh, it's really cool sometimes. sometimes. And they had arguments about themselves with how it was like. They said, oh, it's really good. And I go, like, uh, nightclubbing. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll go nightclubbing. Yeah. I go, why do you go nightclubbing? What's cost a fortune? Uh, it's not too bad. Uh, but, the, the, I mean, the drink and getting in. Oh, we pre-drink. That's a new term I've learned, by the way. Pre-drink, okay? Pre-drinking, okay, is when you drink in your home 
before you go, so that you're nearly drunk, but not quite drunk. Oh, this is what I'm telling you. I've learned an awful lot. Nearly drunk and not quite drunk, so when you go to these places, you only need one drink to stay on the, and they don't want to be drunk, and they don't want to be sober, they want to be in the, in the zone, they call it. I want guys, oh, I want to see the shapes you can do on a dance floor when you're in the zone. I'm not going to go through all that. But they were telling me about life. What about drugs, guys? <laughs> you love this. Uh, do you, no, you don't have to answer that. You don't have to answer it. What about drugs? Just your age group. I hear it's quite prevalent. Oh, yeah. And, okay, I was going to say turn the record off. And, and mm, well, for £9, you can get a MD something something. Oh, yeah, I go, yeah, MD's hurt. No, I've never heard of an MD. So MD, I go, but it's not risky. No, no, it's not a doctor. And what's it like? Oh, it gives you the, it gives you the buzz, man. You're, you're up there and you're enjoying life and it's great and we're all together and we've got the buzz. It doesn't make you violent. It doesn't make you like alcohol does. It doesn't make you, it just, ah, it's really buzz. And I go, right? And then, what's it like in the next morning? Oh, it's awful. It's, uh, you got a downer then? You got a downer? I go, right, so the night before, then the downer. So how do you feel at the downer? Do you feel then that it's worth the upper to have the downer? He says, no, it's not. It's, uh, it's wick, actually. I says, what do you need when there's a downer? I mean, why? He says, do you know what we need? You're going to love this. We just need a hug. That's what he said. We just need a hug. Because we're down. I want to know that the world is okay. I just need a hug. So... Every class, we're going to have hug time. No, I'm only joking. We're not going to do that. But I go, well, understanding it. And I'm asking, and then I thought, right, bring them into your world, Pete. Bring them into your world. I said, you know, you're going to find us really weird, okay? I, as you know, I follow Jesus. Yeah, yeah, we know you're religious. Okay, I follow Jesus. Okay, Um, I've never been drunk in my life. What? You've never been drunk? I said, to be honest... I've never felt I needed it to be who I am. And one guy, this is what he said. He says, what is it like to follow Jesus? <laughs> what a question. What is it like to follow Jesus? I went, wow, you, you arrested you, you happy with this? Oh, yeah. And I had ten minutes telling him why I follow Jesus. Not because I'm religious, but because, I said, guys, when I run my own life, I'm like you. Same as you, I sin. There's things I wouldn't want to say to you because I'd be embarrassed. When I run my own life and I'm selfish, and that's the sin, this word sin, that means being selfish, guys. When I'm selfish, it's great for a while, and then it just sucks as a downer afterwards. And I said, listen, whenever I run my life according to Jesus, it's not always easy, life is better. It's full of meaning. It's full of challenge. It's full of joy. And it's just this relationship I have with Jesus. And I said, I actually couldn't go out of the house in the morning without asking Jesus to be with me. And they go, wow. And they talk about all sorts of stuff. There's lots more they can say, okay. And this conversation went on. And one guy says, what's your end game, Pete? What's your end game? And I think, what's he talking about? No idea. What's your end game? I go, what? You mean like, want to go to die? No, no, no. What are you, what are you trying to get to? What, is you, what do you want to get to in life? He's one of these guys who's a thinker, okay? Uh, no, I'm going to tell you anymore about it. He's a thinker, okay? So he says, what are you? I went, oh, well, my, my, oof, that's a good question. Never been asked that. I think my aim in life is, it's about relationships. Not about things or about money. I want to relate to people. I want my family to experience just everything that everybody wants. I want to be more transformed to be like Jesus because that's better. He says, oh, that's why. So I says, what's your end game? Oh, 
I want to know everything about everything. He's in the wrong class, to be honest. He said, everything can be everything, okay? And I said, listen, what, what do you mean? He says, oh, I want to know about quantum physics. I go, you're definitely in the wrong class. I want to know about this, that, and the other. And I says, right. Um, if you want to know everything about everything, big world out there. So there's this guy who allegedly lived, died, and rose again 2,000 years ago. There are millions of people since then who have followed him, and more people following now than all of them out of the gather. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. I think, to be honest to yourself, you should at least look into it. And if you like, I've got a New Testament. Have you ever heard of that? No. New Testament, it's, it's about Jesus. And I'm going to, if you don't mind, bring it in and start you. And I'm not going to interpret for you. You interpret it whatever way you want. So I'm going to get him on, bring him on next week. Ask, bring, just happens. It's great. And finally, C stands for, wait for it. Oh! Oh, there's a slide missing. Oh, that's tragic, because it's really... Okay, C stands for pray. There you go. <laughs> yes. The OCD ones of you are going, hold on, that doesn't start with P. I'm actually not saying it does, it says it stands for pray, okay? But the irony of it is, you will remember that more than you remember the other two, because I got it wrong. So, ask, bring, and pray. Pray, just pray. Prayer is a very personal thing. I really can't tell you how to pray. We're having, uh, on Sunday nights, we're looking at the whole area of prayer. You're very welcome, come down, it's really good to learn more about prayer. Prayer is... Well, I sure how I pray. Okay, so let's say there's um, Bobby. That's made up character, okay? And I want to pray for Bobby that he will become a Christian. So this is the way my prayers tend to go. Lord, um, I want to pray for Bobby. I want to pray that he become a Christian. I want to pray that he would go to church and learn to read his Bible and love talking to you. Um, amen. <clears throat> Day two. Lord, I'm praying for Bobby. I'll pray that he will have to go to get a church to go to and read his Bible and uh, you would transform his life and um, he would become a Christian. Amen. Day three. It doesn't happen because I forgot. Day four. So I'm praying to God, uh, yes, Lord, I'm sorry I didn't pray for Bobby yesterday, but I'm praying that he becomes a Christian and I'm praying that, you know, he would... He would read the Bible and, and, God, do you ever get bored listening to my prayers? Because I get bored praying them. And there's a sense that after you pray for something, I just run out of things to say. And um, sometimes, I believe God says, Peter, with all due respect, shut up and listen. Okay. And God says, why don't you ask him about his life? Why don't you find out something about him? So that you can pray more and better. So, day six, Lord is talking to Bobby. He's got elderly parents, just told me that, and he's a bit concerned about them, and, you know, it's that stage in life, and I pray that you'll help him cope with that and be a good son. And I pray that you make him a Christian and he learn to read his Bible and go to church. And what then God does with us is God changes our hearts, and God gives us his heart for Bobby. And when that happens, prayer starts to change. Where you suddenly look at Bobby and you're trying to go, what is your heart for him? 
and praying for Bobby so that you're interacting and when you hear more you pray more and you're more interested and basically when God gives you your God's heart for people it changes how you pray and I just want to encourage you that God wants to go God has cared about these people long before you and I ever did and he wants to share his heart through you and I for them Lord I pray for Bobby um, he was telling me that his daughter's not settling very well in school. Uh, I want to pray for him, maybe try and help him. Our daughter was like that, maybe I could share that, and you share that. And so it goes on, and so it goes on. Can I encourage you to pray? There's a verse in the Bible, uh, it's going to come up there, I think, that says, let me get this. Now, the God of this world has blinded the eyes of the unbeliever so that the light of the glorious gospel of God does not shine through. And I've started to pray that as well. Lord, show me for Bobby or for whoever it is, where has the God or the gods of this world blinded them? And maybe for Bobby's sake, I'm just I'm making him up, okay, he doesn't, believe, he doesn't exist. Maybe Bobby feels he's not doing very well as a son, as a father. And he just needs to know he's loved and that God loves him. Maybe that hasn't shown into his life. Or maybe it's someone who's been in church and they've had not a good uh, relationship with Christians before. And that needs to be addressed. That needs to be cared for. That needs to be healed. What is the thing that the God of this age has blinded their eyes? Can I encourage you when you pray, get to that stage and ask God, God, where where are they blinded to this glorious gospel? Because it is glorious. Why does it not shine through in their lives? And let us pray and encourage you in discipleship groups, individual groups, on your own to ABC. Ask, bring, and pray. Oh, I'm going to finish with four people. But 15 years ago, uh, the church that we were in decided they would have prayer meetings. So we were at 7 o'clock in the morning, every morning, Monday to Friday, and we were to pray for people. Um, there were, Jill and I picked four people to pray for. Uh, I'd have to say on the scale of 10 is very close to Jesus and not as over there, they were here. And for some reason we picked the hard ones and they were hard. Four of them. Um, one of them was a, was, a, was a lady who's had gone through a very painful divorce and a great experience and we were praying for him along with other members of the family and she was the first. She went to an American televangelist meeting in Belfast, honestly, okay? And I'm thinking, oh no, it's a guy called Benny Hinn. Not Benny Hill, Benny Hinn. Uh, And she was, and all of a sudden, she's on the floor. Gives her life to Jesus. I would never have thought it would happen there. Gives her life to Jesus. And then starts to go to church. Her life gets changed. Another one on our list. Um, Horrendous experience of church and Christians. So much so I would not blame her if she never walked into another church or never had another kind word for a Christian. Invite her to go to an Alpha course, she comes, goes to the weekend, I was there when she became a Christian and her life has been changed, the hurts addressed and she's wonderful. Been there for the most of the stage of Jill baptized her. You call her Wilmer. I call her my mother-in-law. Wonderful to see that. Prayed for her for years. Great to see her there. Then I had my boss, Davey. Davey is ex-brethren, brought up in the church more times than you and I will ever be there. And he just didn't like it. 
David would come in to work, okay, and uh, he was the boss. He would come in, big office, open plan office, maybe 20 or 30 engineers, you know, PhD guys, clever guys, and his favorite was to sit up on the radiator and start talking about something on the news the night before. And it was always something Christian and spiritual. And he would get up there and he made Christianity look stupid. And then he would just get off the radio, walk past my desk, wink at me and go sort that out, big lad. And that's what, that was David. David did it all the time. And that's what happened. I prayed for David. It took years, years. Divorce came and went. Uh, well, he wasn't my boss anymore. I asked him to go to Alpha. And he went. Life was transformed. Changed. And he meets in a church not far from here. He's remarried. A lovely Christian woman. Fantastic. Took hours, years of prayer. Number four on the list. Still praying for him. In the last year and a half. Uh, and you know, you know on the list from not the ten? He's about here. And we have conversations, little snippets. To realize that God has been working in his heart all those years. And he's not far from the kingdom if he's not already in it. Doesn't say much. I tell you those stories not for us to glorify. To encourage you, brothers and sisters, pray for people. That your heart will be changed, yes, but their lives will be changed as well. And this year, as we launch off Christianity Explored, ask people to come, bring them, and pray for them. That God will be glorified. And the kingdom will come and change their lives. And they'll be sitting amongst us. And this place gets bigger and bigger. Let's just pray. Father, you are magnificent. Your son is wonderful. Help us to point people to Jesus. um, By asking questions, by bringing them into our lives and by praying for them. Thank you for this glorious salvation. Thank you for this Jesus who meets women at wells, religious people at night, and changes them and transforms their lives. Help us, as a congregation here, to give our lives away so that you would be glorified and people's lives would be changed. Amen.